You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. And now, Side B. All right. Boy, are we really going to segue from that to Kobe Bryant? Should I play the song again? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, okay. Well, I, okay. Let me, let me ask you this question. Okay. Is this conversation going to be somber? I mean, I think so, right? What, what are the kind of conversations it going to be? Um, I mean, okay, let's just have the conversation. Let's just have it. Okay. Let's just have it. Okay. I mean, so let me ask, so you texted me. I did. Was it Sunday, right? Yep. I had just woke up from my post-church nap and I literally posted something to Instagram that was kind of mopey and I went to Facebook to go post it and saw somebody had posted the TMZ link. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, nah, 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 nah. That's it's Facebook. It's fake. Nah, that's not real. Immediately went to Twitter, and then like you know this, like we've we've gone through, we've experienced things in real time on social media. When you start yeah. seeing the the nose, yeah, can't be, nah, don't tell me, expletives, and I was like, okay, here we go, and yeah, like just. I think I just sat at the edge of my couch for about an hour, just like in shock, mm. just completely stuck, just just trying to let my friends know. I had some friends who were some diehard Laker fans. I was the one to break the news to them. So like talking with them through stuff um, in real time, like it was just, yeah, that was that was a lot, man, for sure. And that's being nice. I don't think I understood how, how frankly, like big of a hero Kobe was to so many people in our generation because mm-hmm. he he wasn't like he wasn't my guy me neither you know um not a laker fan yep. like in the early 2000s i i think i pretty much took Shaq's side of things <laughs> you liked you liked his uh tell me how my butt tastes freestyle <laughs> that was you i mean it's no brian mcknight remix but <laughs> I, did you hear that say my name remix that I retweeted? I actually didn't. I, I, I saw it. I didn't get a chance to listen. Okay. Oh man. Just reeks of 99. But anyway, I mean, it was ahead. a time. It was a time. Yeah, absolutely. I wasn't mad at it. It was a time. You know, everybody was trying to rap. Yep. Yep. But he was doing like the stutter rap. The like he was, he was doing that. Um, you know, I'm not a Lakers fan. Um, I'm not from L like, LA culture is so different than like that sort of New York Northeast kind of culture. Like it's just a very different kind of place. It really is. Um, I'm not an LA guy. I'm not a Laker guy. Michael Jordan was my guy growing up. Yep. And like Kobe, like really like mimicked Jordan to like a weird level mm-hmm. for a time in the two thousands. And that mm-hmm. never really struck me. Right. Like he just wasn't my guy. Like, and but I, I know that's not really what people were thinking about and ha- or not have not been thinking about all week, right? What people are thinking about is like this guy was like my hero as a kid, right? Like people grew up, a whole generation grew up, like seeing him as the guy who hit game-winning shots and won championships and they wore his sneakers. And, mm-hmm. and we, I, I think I underappreciated how important he was to a lot of people who are right around the same age we are. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of interesting for me, right? Like when I heard that he passed, I was stunned. Mm-hmm. When I heard that his daughter was in the plane, I teared up. Yep. Yep. Um, because that's just, you know. Yeah, of course. I mean, um, I, 
I, I want to ask you. So, um, I, I don't, I didn't really, I was I, like, when, when, you know, when I first heard about this, I wasn't really like, I wasn't in analyzing mode yet. Like, you know, me, I'm always like trying to like figure stuff out and dig deep. I wasn't in analyzing mode yet, but like, as the days have gone by, I'm like really sort of surprised and taken aback by how many tributes and like, you know, people saying stuff like, you know, we got like, there's so many things on social media and you, you know, some of them are just whatever, but you know, people advocating for like, oh, they should change the NBA logo. And, oh, you know, we got to call 21. We got to call it 24 now. And it's, I know we're in the heat of the moment, but I just got to say, like, I just, you know, I, I didn't realize that Kobe was on that level for so many. Mm-hmm. And so you said Kobe wasn't your guy growing up either. No, not at all. I actually wasn't a fan of Kobe. I mean, I liked early Kobe. I liked Afro Kobe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like 2000s through up up through his retirement, um, that rekindling of the Lakers-Celtics rivalry, you know, like, yeah, Kobe wasn't my guy. But I think it was a, he wasn't my guy, but I respected his game, um, respected his will and determination, all that good stuff, what they call the Mamba mentality. Um, it's, you know, it's looked upon favorably in death, but like, <laughs> no, I, look, look, I got no, really. I mean, okay. I hear you. Like when, when detail first came out, people were like, okay, nah, I got, that was it. That, those are the things that that's what, that's what I was getting to. Like in his retirement, he became someone that I appreciated. Hmm. Um, like seeing him constantly courtside at games uh, and then I got detail. I got ESPN Plus for detail. Hmm. Um, I think I saw the first episode. I can't remember. It was like on the finals or something like that. And I was too young to appreciate Kobe doing work, which was Spike Lee's film. I thought it was going to be like some sort of, you know, documentary on his life, which later became Kobe, which is on Showtime. If you have the Showtime app, um, down or watch that. That is an amazing sports documentary. That's something that made me a fan of his too. But Kobe doing work was like taking you through, Spike Lee was taking you through like the ins and outs of his mind and how he saw the game. Um, and detail was that to another degree. Like that's what I appreciated about Kobe in, in later times. And I really saw him as like an advocate for a lot of stuff, women's basketball yeah. and you know, just being that bridge to like the next generation, you know, I've had lots of conversations this week alone about like that, that cutoff between, you know, our quote unquote old heads, the older generation, and them being so dismissive of us and how there needs to be that bridge. And it was clear that Kobe was like that basketball bridge between, you know, the Kobe Iverson, Iverson's a, a great advocate too, but Kobe Iverson into like LeBron as LeBron is transitioning out, like that bridge into the next generation of guys, Embiid and Luca and Zion and Jason Tatum and all these guys, Trey Young and Devin Booker, all these guys who clearly study Kobe like madmen and have evidence of his game or elements of his game in their style of play. Um, I thought he was going to be a, he was going to be a great bridge for that. Um, and that's, that's when I began to really appreciate him. The, the irony of that is in so many ways, the modern game is a repudiation of what he, of what the latter half of his career was all about. He is Which such was. an interesting choice to be a bridge to the next generation. He was hero ball personified. Yeah. <laughs> right. He I mean, that was literally, his image was like, he was the gunslinger going down. Yeah. It was him yeah. against the world. Yeah. Which yeah. is what much of modern basketball attempts to undo 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, Iverson he got was that there too. Pe- he wasn't by himself. Iverson was oh, there too. No, I mean because they all wanted to be Michael. Yeah. Right. Because the lesson that they, that they all took away was that Michael, you know, he had the ball at the end of the game and blah 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, and Michael didn't win titles until he had a team around him either. Right. It's we we shout love to talk about Bill Winnington. We love to talk about lessons learned on this show, right? If the lesson that you take away from from watching Jordan all those years is that like you got to be the guy and take the shot at the end of the game, I mean, okay, you know, maybe maybe not. But it's super interesting that Kobe was setting up to be like the bridge to the next generation. You know what I mean? It's like it would be like if um, I'm trying to think of some, like if you told me that I'm trying to think of, of some other example where it's just like. It would it would be like if uh, football is kind of different, right? Because you know you have such specific positions. I'm trying to think of another sports example, but like really, the game of basketball is just so tremendously different than when Kobe was in his prime. It's, yeah, absolutely. It's played completely differently. So yeah, I don't know. I think yeah. that that's that's kind of uh, I think that's super interesting. Um, I think the biggest thing I've struggled with is that, and this is so there's a really good so there's a good article I read. Um, Somebody did a blog post. Her name's uh, Jill uh, Filipovic. And um, the title is Kobe Bryant and Complicated Legacies. And she's got a line in here that I really like, which is, we still don't know how to tell human stories when a human's life ends. Only heroes' journeys or villains' defeats. And it's true, right? Like, they're, while for the most part what people want to talk about with Kobe is the highs, right? They want to talk about the great games. They want to talk about what he did with the Lakers. They want to talk about how truly it seems like as he's aged, he's become a family man and he's raising these daughters and he's mentoring a younger generation. Um, But there are other folks who are trying to have another conversation about Kobe, right? They want to talk about the things that weren't so great. And I mean, just to be like, I'm not even trying to like beat around the bush, right? They want to talk about the fact that like Kobe Bryant raped somebody in 2003 and Accused of. I mean, sure, kind of. Wasn't conv- wasn't convicted, right? Because you know she was hounded by fans and painted as a slut, and but like she had choke marks around her neck, and they had blood, and I mean, okay, and also several different uh, uh, traces of semen. Yeah, like that's real problematic that people bring that up, like. It's what Why? we do to rape accusers, where we paint them as like sluts, basically, right? No, I, I mean I'm not painting her as a slut. I'm just saying there's not like clear, conclusive evidence. There's clear. There's not clear, conclusive evidence that she was raped. There's an accusation, and then there was a whole bunch of other muddied stuff, and it ended up muddied getting by, s- muddied by his attorneys, right? Who painted her as this as something that she wasn't. Um, and because she was 19 years old and her life was falling apart, she, you know, the whole thing fell apart. And then his lawyers (laughs) read this statement, which is basically like, you know, um, yeah, you know, something happened, but, you know, obviously, you know, she thought there wasn't consent and I did and trying to paint it as a, he said, she said, um, (laughs) which is ridiculous. If that happens now, it's a completely different story and legacy for Kobe Bryant, but it didn't happen now. Right. But it's this what we're seeing is people who are and this is the thing that i don't really know right and this is what this article kind of gets at which is like what happens when someone people are nobody is perfect people have of any anybody you talk to they have done things in their life that are not ideal and that goes in a variety of different ways and when someone dies what is the story that we tell about them 
And how do we do that? Because I understand there are a lot of people who either they knew Kobe or they idolized Kobe or they were a fan of Kobe. And they're looking at this and they're going, this is not the time to have this conversation. Mm -hmm. Is there a time to have this conversation? Because the story of Kobe Bryant's legacy in this world is being written right now. The way that people feel this week, decisions that are made about how to honor him, like it's happening right now. And if we're not as a culture and as a society going to have, not even, I don't want to say complicated. If we're not going to have a human conversation about a human, to echo the words in this article, when do we have it? Or do we never have it? I think you don't have it when the man's not even in the ground yet. I think, yeah, I think you don't have it three days into his death. I think that that's it. I think the most important thing is like, you know, it, it reminds me of my uh, Nipsey Hustle Kairos culture that I that I, I, I curated last year and why I keep bringing it up. And it, it every time I bring it up, it pisses me off so much because, you know, um, it was supposed to be a space to talk about like people and how they were really affected by, you know, Nipsey losing his life and all that. And it became a conversation on, you know, black wealth and, you know, um, um, independence and all these things that Nipsey stood for. But it was my fault for not focusing the conversation on there are people who are hurting because this man lost his life. And a woman approached me after the event and she said, yo, I really enjoyed the event. It was really good. Thank you for doing this. But like, I thought we were going to talk some more about like the grieving because this, this is really bothering me and I don't know how to process it. And so it's not to like make light of the layered complications of Nipsey's death or that particular time in Kobe's life. But I do think that like in the moment, I think you just kind of have to let people cry and grieve and like try to find their breath. You know, I think this death, Kobe's, what I've noticed about Kobe's death is that it's, it's made people, you can blame, you know, drugs on Juice World dying. You can blame senseless violence on Nipsey dying. But like, this is like, God, it's a, sure, there were precautions that could have been taken. Absolutely. But, you know, this is no conspiracy theory. This is no, he wasn't murdered. It was nothing crazy. Like he literally, it was a, a freak accident. Yeah. And, and now nine people are dead. And, you know, daughters don't have their dad and a wife doesn't have her husband. And there's a whole other family that doesn't have, you know, daughters and and fathers in there. And the pilot lost his life. And so it's like, yeah, let's have that conversation. Absolutely. Sure. Because, you know, the more that I meditate on that quote that you said, it's true. And I think that's one of the things that I don't like is how we immediately go to all these great quotes and you know we turn these people into like philosophers and it's like well sure i think everybody can say some really you know profound things from time to time absolutely great sure let's highlight those things um but like first let's get through the reality of someone is no longer here and they're not coming back and that sucks and they impacted a whole bunch of people's lives in various ways because of their music or because of their their ad, you know their their accolades how they carried themselves whatever whatever et cetera et cetera like let's just get through that part first um, and then maybe once everybody has caught their breath slowed down 
you know, the tears have dried up and everybody's kind of come to and things can become as normal as they are. Then we start having those layered conversations of, well, this did this thing also did happen. Let's talk through this so that when the next person dies, unfortunately, you know, we can have a realistic and real conversation about that person and about their life. I just don't think it's I just don't think it's necessary to have that conversation right now, three days after his death. I hear you. I here's here's some things that I, I I'm trying to figure out. So I, I I agree with you that like I don't think anybody's trying to go to his wife and have this conversation right now, or his his surviving children, or his surviving family, or even his surviving friends. But we have an online sort of culture that gets mad at news organizations who, if they choose to, in their sort of like, essentially like their article, like their final article, like their sort of, here's the life of Kobe Bryant, because we are reporting his death. And you, as a news person, as a news reader, need to understand why we were reporting on his death, because we don't report on everybody's death, but we were reporting on Kobe Bryant's death because of reasons X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And in that obituary, if a news organization actually mentions the, we'll say, accused rape, right, in 2003, the response to that online has been uh, vitriolic, to say the least, right? It has been um, emotionally charged, as you might expect, but it has been that basically, how dare you? What is wrong with you? Mm -hmm. You're canceled, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but that's the news, right? Like, these are the article, like this stuff lives on forever in a sense, right? Like the New York Times has been reporting since like God knows when, and they're going to continue to report. And like, when you go, you can go and you can look at like, they write an obituary, like, you know, this per this, this notable famous person died today. And then they write the obituary about it. And like, I'm, I'm sorry, but like, this is in Kobe's, this is going to be in Kobe's obituary. It's a major part of his life. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm not saying that every online conversation about him has to be that way. I'm not saying that that we need to <laughs> that that I'm not suggesting that like his you know the upcoming funeral gets like canceled because we have to have some side conversation. Nothing like that. But like as a culture, we're not even okay with the news or anybody saying anything about this. Mm -hmm. And it's that thing, it's that quote. It's like it's either black or white. Either it's the hero's journey or the villain's defeat, right? Mm -hmm. And people are like, he's the hero. What are you doing? Yeah. I hear you. So, yeah, it's, and the other thing I would say is the way that things move quickly in this culture, if this is not the time to have part of this conversation, at least, when is the time? I do. I think with, um, I think with Kobe, I don't think that this is going to move as quickly. Hmm. As other things will. I think this is going to linger for a really long time. Um, as If Nipsey has lingered this long, I think Kobe lingers. Kobe's going to be in the league forever. Like Kobe, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah, they're not going to change the logo to Kobe. And I think, I even think the idea of that is stupid. Um, and maybe stupid is a harsh word, but just, no, it, it's, it's knee jerk. It, it's not, it's, 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 it's not a thought through idea. Yeah, it's just like, let's, uh, let's, so basically what you're saying is, so let's try to find like the light. This is one thing I'm learning in social work is like, you kind of have to find the silver lining in what someone is saying, even if they're <laughs> saying it like disparagingly. So basically what you're saying is you want the league to honor Kobe and his contributions 
to the league in a in a substantial way. Right. Okay, cool. I agree with that. Um, how you do that, I'm not sure. Do you do the all-star game where one team wears all eights and one team wears 24? Maybe. You have people who are, you, everybody in the league is wearing Kobe's right now. Everybody's changing their, their number to reflect eight or 24 or 31 or a mix of him and his daughter's numbers. Okay, cool. Like Those are small ways that you can play your individual part. Um, you know, But what is the league going to do? I, I don't they, know. They should I'm sure wait. they'll figure something out. They should think they, about it. Exactly. But I mean, that's the whole that's the whole point of my thought of even with his rape stuff is like we should just wait. I think, Doc, that that conversation for those who want to have it, there will be time for people to have it. And knowing that, that there will be people who will never want to have that conversation sure. because he's no longer with us. Yeah. But I do think that people, in the sense we talked earlier, I said, Doc, I, I admire you for making time for those things. I think people will make space for, okay, Kobe's dead now. Everybody's, okay, everybody's kind of calm and back to a sense of normalcy. Okay, there's this really, really convoluted part of his public life that, you know, some people want to have addressed because they themselves have been raped. Um, they know someone, I think we all know someone who's been raped. Um you know, and this is an important thing that we need to discuss because it's a larger issue about God. So this factors into Me Too and celebrities and, you know, power and misogyny and all these other factors that are still very much prevalent in our culture and our society. But like, how do we have this conversation as it relates to Kobe and what happened? And what was that? Oh, five. Oh, no, oh, not oh, three. Oh, three. Oh, three. Oh, three. Yep. Because I was in Colorado when that was going on. Yep. I think people will make time for it. I really do. They're, yeah. I think so. I think part of this is like, we're talking about like culture as though it's a, a singular thing. I think an event like Kobe's death actually for a moment unites all the fractured pieces of social media and you get people crossing over into other people's information streams that doesn't normally happen. So for, we'll say the hip hop culture, but really the basketball culture in general, they're going to be talking about Kobe for a while. Absolutely. But for the larger culture, this will end faster than you think. And so for the larger culture, if this is not the time to talk about it, like for, for, for folks who don't follow basketball, but who know who Kobe Bryant is, if you hear about his death and you're saddened that someone has lost their life, unfortunately, and you're saddened that these other eight people in the, in the helicopter also lost their life, but then you read like news stories that are sort of, they're, you, we could just say they are choosing what to and not to write about his history. Mm. I think I I I know that some people feel like, well, then when are you supposed to talk about it? Like this is your this is actually the only time to talk about it, and mm -hmm. that's super complicated because mm -hmm. there you know we've got there's a there are like you and I interact with uh, you know the our so even our like different so like you and I have very different worlds on social media even. Because social media <laughs> is who you choose to follow. Right. And so right. if you are in this particular subsection of our larger national culture to mm -hmm. get that crossover. And the same goes for the other part. Like if you're not, if you don't pay attention to like basketball Twitter and if you're not following that sort of thing, like you're, you're getting a glimpse into just a different world that you don't even know. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of this too is right. What you're getting is like this mixing of of cultures, right? When you have these, these large, these sort of 
major events, you get these mixing of online cultures and uh, we're not very good at that in this country. Yeah, that's a great point. I agree. Yes. Yes, it's the other side of like subsets of we always talk about like, you know, corner your market and feed them and cater to them. And then there's this one moment that transcends all of those corners and it brings all the corners together. And now it's like an instance of where a bunch of awkward people who don't know how to like interact with anybody other than who looks like them, thinks like them and believes the same things as they do. That's a great point. And this goes back, you know, we were having a conversation about well, we've been, I mean, this is feel like it's been an ongoing conversation about like fandom, but like uh, we've talked about it on this, sh- even on this episode, right? Like, um, it's so interesting to me, like how really social media has changed the idea of like what it means to be a fan, where it's like, you know, fandom knows no limits now, right? Like mm-hmm. you are like a part, like that you are identifying with 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 these folks who you don't know. You know, you've talked about grieving, right? And it's like. You know, when we were teenagers and and Pac and Big died, there was grieving, but like there was no social media to grieve with others. So if you if you felt sad, like you might, or if you were really upset, you might talk to like folks in school the next day or something. You know what yeah, I mean? But like, yeah. it's not even remotely close to the same now. And absolutely, the same goes with like the, all the stuff around fandom, right? So like, you know. You see it with Trump. You see it with like Bernie Sanders and like his supporters and his fans. And like I've seen it this week with Kobe where like I've just been kind of taken aback. Like I said before, like I was like, I was like, wow, like he really was a hero for people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And is there something about like modern culture that makes people want to believe in heroes more? Or is this is it just that we've never had here? We've never had access to our heroes with as much media regular or social media as we do now and then also you factor in you know this uh (laughs) this thing of how can i make this about me Mm. you mean like how like what idea can i come up with or here's a picture of me with kobe from 10 years ago or like that sort of thing yes yes i think in a healthy way I think something like Girl Dad is 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 like a healthy way, but it can go a little it can go a little far. It's like, okay, let's all reunite or let's all unite under the banner of, you know, men who have daughters and let's celebrate them and celebrate, you know, Kobe being an advocate for uh uh just fatherhood, um, specifically to little girls. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, like you can still toe that line or you can still go a little further and make this totally about me and have nothing to do with Kobe and nothing to do with honoring his life and legacy. You know, like, I, I don't know. I just, people who are creating content, you know, I mean, but this is what happens in death. This is the reality of it. Like people creating content out of his death and it's like, it's not for, yeah, I'm going to honor his life, but I'm also going to get my followers up, get my views up creates a monetization or, you know, the, the biggest, a big outrage has been, um, resale prices on Kobe's shoes have skyrocketed. Um, but that's unfortunately to be expected. I'm not surprised. Like Jadakiss said it best, dead rappers get better promotion. Like death, there's no better promotion than death in our culture, unfortunately. And people who are looking to make a buck or looking to find some sort of uh, clout tokens, as the kids say or said at one point, um, they're going to use this to their advantage to accomplish that. Yeah. 
So it's it's convoluted. It's convoluted, Doc. And I and I and I just keep thinking about your quote that you just said about the different, you know, specs of people. Because then you tell people how to grieve. And now this is this is the new normal now. Like people we're going to have people grieve in real time, which is why I get on the internet and tell people to get off of your phone because you are taking in everybody's grief mm. simultaneously. Like, I don't want to watch Shaq grieve. And that's out of mindfulness of myself. And that's out of respect for him. I, I don't, I don't, and I don't yeah. need to hear, I don't need to see LeBron post. Like some people were like, well, how come this person hasn't posted yet? Like, cause they're grieving. You have no responsibility to me to show, show me that you're grieving. Yeah. We, th- we don't need a grief checklist. No. It's like, oh, has so-and-so weighed in? Who cares? Who cares? Like, I, I just saw that Vanessa Bryan posted. Didn't need her to do it's, it. Didn't need her to do it. It's clearly a uh, a, a, um, a publicist statement. Clearly. She, I mean, do you think, she, I mean, right. I mean, what are you going to write about your, right. I'm sure it's, she's just like, can someone please take care of this so people stop asking me? Yeah. I'm sure yeah. that's what it was. That's what like, it was. It was to get my phone to stop ringing. But yeah, so it's that. But at the same time, I like, bro, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I, because and not, and not, I don't care that people grieving, but I don't care to, you don't have to prove to me that you're grieving, especially not your wife or a teammate or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need to know that LeBron, like I didn't, I didn't need to see LeBron getting off the plane and hugging people and crying. I didn't need to see that. For what? Like, that's when we get into like a really, to me, a disrespectful bag. It's just not, and I, sure, it's the cost of celebrity, it's the cost of fame, social media, this is what we, this is, like, this is what it is now. I'm not calling for, it's unrealistic for me to say we should stop doing it. But what I can do, what I have the power to do, is to put my phone down. I'm calling friends because I had friends who were really messed up. Like, several group chats that I were in, like, people were not okay. I'm helping my friends because I can't say anything to Vanessa. I can't say anything to Shaq. I can't say anything to LeBron. I have no way to get to them. <laughs> I mean, besides social media, right? But I don't want that. But I have a friend, my friend who stays 10 minutes from me, my friend that I hang out with and talk to on a daily basis. He's not okay. She's not okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm not okay. Because it just, it just shocked me. Like, we just got to, we have to be, we have to be mindful of that stuff. And just that, yo, grief is so convoluted, man. You can't, you cannot police grief. So if somebody chooses to grieve, like, sure, go ahead, grieve. If you want to grieve publicly on social media, sure, grieve, have at it. I have no qualms with that, but I don't want to take on your grief. And that doesn't mean that I lack compassion because I'm taking on your grief. Like I have to be mindful of myself. When Michael Jackson died, I couldn't sleep because I took on everybody's grief. And I, I, I feel like grief is additive in that way. If you take you in every, if you take in everybody else's grief, you will feel grief that you might not have felt otherwise. One million percent. Go go like yo to hear and I did listen to you. I didn't need to hear Shaq, but I listened to Shaq. Right. So <laughs> for him to say, "Yo, I lost my father, my sister, and Kobe all within like a year and change," and I wish I would have spoken to him more and that's bothering me you know what that says to me go call your friend go call your go call your sister call your dad call your call call you know what i'm saying like text your text one of your group chats 
Let me make sure that the people I know that like, that I care about them. And I didn't even text you like, and that's my fault. Like I should be more mindful. Like, Hey, let me just text doc. Like, even if he's okay or he's not okay, let me just make sure that doc, somebody that I've known for God, how long we know this? <laughs> 15 years, 16 years. Hey doc, I love you. You all right? Okay, cool. Or you're not okay. Let's talk. Like that, that's what that says to me because God forbid something happened to me or God forbid something happened to somebody that I care about. And I had that because it's happened to me before. Somebody that I had the chance, one of my really, really, really good friends had a chance to make it right with him. We fell out over some dumb stuff and had the chance to make it right with them. And I said, I'll do it later. And he committed suicide like a year after we had that conversation. And it bothered me forever. I wrote about it in a few reps. A couple songs that y'all might have heard. Like, it, it, like bro, it, it hurt me to my core. I was like, so I, I promised myself I would never do that. I need to make sure that the people that I regularly communicate with, my circle, my sphere, like they need to know that I love them, that I care about them. I'm praying for them. I'm thinking about them. I'm checking in on them. And if they need me, I'm here. That's it. I think that's it for this week, man. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm okay. good. I'm good. Are you all right? I'm good. Um, okay. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's Clack Radio Speakers. Um, we would love to hear what you think. Even if you're going to cancel me, I appreciate it. Uh, hit you're us not going to get canceled. I know. Hit us up at CRS Podcast, as always. Um, not sure if we'll be back next week. I'm traveling. We might be able to squeeze an episode in. If we can't, we will return in due time. Thank you, as always. And uh, we extra 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 appreciate our patreon subscribers if you're interested go to patreon.com slash crs podcast or just go to collect and look for the patreon link at the top to learn more and yeah see y'all later